through our service. If you will, take your hymnal and go to page 87. Page 87. Let's stand together. We'll sing verses 1, 2, and 4. 1, 2, and 4. Angels we have heard on high Sweetly singing o'er the plains And the mountains in reply Echo back their joyous strains We certainly want to praise the Lord for you being here this morning. Now, we're changing things a little bit. I'm going to try to help the choir save her voice this morning so they can sing tonight. But uh, we certainly want to welcome everyone. I want to welcome uh, Mr. Braun uh, this morning. I moved from Clarksburg, West Virginia, and visiting here, and the Knuckles from Vesuvius, and uh, Graham, Carey. Glad, glad you fellas are here this morning. Amen. What a blessing it is. Amen. Isn't God good to us? Amen. Give us a... I mean, you know, and then, of course, we've got all these old fellows here, you know, that are taking the offering, and amen, but praise God. We thank God for you this morning, amen, and we want to praise the Lord for his goodness to us. Thank God for this time of year. And let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, we come this morning. We want to thank you for, Lord, the blessings that are ours because, Lord, we know you as our personal Savior. We thank you that, Lord, we are part of the family of God. Lord, because we know Christ, we are the sons of God. And I pray this morning that the Holy Spirit of God will do a great work in our midst. I pray that, Lord, uh, the singing will, uh, Lord, uh, prepare hearts for the preaching. And, Lord, for that one that's not sure of heaven today, may this be the day. 
that they come to the Lord Jesus and receive him as a personal Savior. And Father, may you speak to us as your children. May we, Lord, not uh, let a Christmas slip by without, uh, Lord, drawing closer to the Savior. And Lord, we simply thank you for the offering. Thank you for those that will be able to give. And we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Take your hymnal again. Go to page 94. 94. Just remain seated, and we will sing all three verses. All three verses. Where rocks and as our feet. 
Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin mother and child, holy so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. Silent night, holy night, Son of God, love's pure light, radiant beams from that holy face, with the dawn of redeemed Aiming grace, Jesus, Lord, 
Lord, at thy birth. see everyone. Let's stand, if you will. We're going to shake hands. We're going to make each other feel right at home, make a smile on your face this morning for our visitors, and then uh, Brother Tony, as soon as he can, he's going to lead us in another course. Amen. We're going to work him to death this morning, ain't I? <laughs> hey, 619, if you need the words, 619, there's just something about that name. Amen. We'll sing it through and then shake hands. Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name, Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after Shake hands.
while you're finding your seats, let's sing that through once more. Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after All right, well, take your bulletin, if you would, please, just a few announcements. Don't forget um, these two sign-up sheets down here on the front pew. One is for uh, the wedding. Um, Carrie and Rebecca getting married on the 10th of February, 11 a.m. here at the church, with a reception to follow over at Cornerstone Church of Augusta, so please sign up for that, and that'll be helpful. We've got a couple more weeks uh, for you to sign up for that. And then the couples retreat is on uh, Thursday through Saturday, February the 1st through the 3rd. Uh, down in Pigeon Forge, uh, Gatlinburg, Sevierville area. And so uh, both Scott Hooks and Melanie, his wife, will be there, and they'll be uh, actually uh, doing the conference this year for us. We'll be praying for them. But sign up and let us know if you need lodging. That would be helpful. And then look at your bulletin there, a few notes. Um, no choir practice tonight at 4.30. However, we want you to meet at 5.30. And so uh, if you can meet at 5.30, I believe downstairs. Is that right, Steph? Downstairs, 5.30. And then we'll just meet briefly. The choir will meet briefly after the morning service. Um, just a really quick, uh, quick meeting uh, rehearsal there. So please, uh, right after the service, is that going to be upstairs, or downstairs, upstairs here in the choir loft? So just head on up to the choir loft, and that'll be great. So remember that we're in our Phil America event, and this is just a gospel um, witness thing, trying to get out gospel tracks. And so we've got plenty of gospel tracks uh, here on the steps. We've got them in the lobby, and so uh, do your best to try to keep track. We're trying to keep track of how many we hand out person to person, how many we uh, are able to leave in places, and how many people are involved. And so we'll, we'll pass out some little slips to get that number uh, here in just a couple of weeks. But we, that goes through the, um, the 23rd. And so this Saturday, so please work hard at that. And uh, the, the challenge is to remember to carry the gospel tracks. That's the challenge. And so you've got to really do it on purpose, right? Keep in your pockets, get your little track holder or something. And even then, you've got to be conscious of it to be able to have it available to be able to give out and, and work at it, all right? So please uh, pay attention to that and uh, work hard at it, if you would, please. Our Christmas is going to cut us tonight. And the evening service, be praying for the choir, 6 p.m. service time. And, um, and then we'll have a cookie fellowship after that. So um, maybe some of you have already made your cookies. I've already sampled my wife's. They're good. And uh, so she gave me a sample right out of the oven last night, so they were good. And so maybe if you haven't made it, you can make them this afternoon. We'll do that tonight. And so that'll be uh, after the evening service and after the cantata. And then on Wednesday, um, so a lot going on Wednesday. So we sent out a church cast last night of the arrangements. And so uh, down at Kaufman's, um, I think it's from, was it 11 to 9, 9 to 11, 9 to 11, um, family time, visitation time, 11 o'clock service time there at the um, Kaufman's funeral home, and then uh, there'll be a graveside to follow, 
and then we'll have a meal here at the church. And so the church will provide the chicken. And so if you could uh, please help to bring some sides that, to go along with that, some desserts, that would be helpful. Um, and we'll do that downstairs. And Donna said, you know, the church family is welcome to stay and eat as well. So please remember that. And uh, if you've got any questions, see us on that. But then we'll have our children's program in the evening service, candlelight service. And so um, please remember that. That'll take place on Wednesday evening. Uh, no children's programs downstairs. Everything will be upstairs. Um, the children doing their, their parts and then the candlelight service. And then on Sunday, next Sunday, Christmas Eve, we'll have one service at 1030. So no 10 o'clock Sunday school. Uh, we'll move the regular morning service back at half hour. 1030 we'll meet and have one service uh, on that day. So no evening service. Please remember that. And then the following Sunday, New Year's Eve, we will have uh, a New Year's Eve service, so regular Sunday school, New Year's Eve service in the morning, 11 o'clock like normal, and then we'll do a lunch to follow. And so um, what are we bringing for that? Just everybody bring a, a meat and a side and dessert on that uh, for, for next week. And so not next week, but the, the 31st, so please remember that. And we'll say more as we get closer to that. But happy birthday this week uh, to Chesney. It's not the 2nd. Meredith told me. It's, it's what, what day did you tell me, Meredith? 22nd. It's 2-2. So yeah, 22nd. Uh, she has a birthday, so happy birthday to Chesney this week. Uh, and congratulations to her. I have a card here um, from Pastor and Robin, and it says, Dear church family and friends, I want to thank you for the uh, privilege it is to be your pastor. It's a joy to serve the Lord uh, Jesus with you, with special people like you. I want to thank you for the gifts, the cards, uh, the monies that you've uh, shared with us. Uh, we love you all and cherish your friendship. Love, Pastor and Robin. And so that's from Pastor and Robin. So um, thank you so much for all that you do for us. Amen. And so um, we're going to have Tony come, and he's going to lead us in another song. And so you get your songbook and stand with us, would you please? Page 81. Page 81. Verses 1 and 4. 1 and 4. It came upon the midnight clear, that glorious song of old, from angels bending near the earth to touch their harps of gold. Peace on the earth, goodwill to men, from heaven's all gracious King. Take your Bibles, if you would, and go to Isaiah chapter 9 this morning before the message. Miss Chelsea, and I believe Tony's going to sing for us this morning. Mm-hmm. 
You know, darkness is nothing new, and uh, I, I really don't like darkness myself. I'm, uh, I don't get up in the middle of the night and wander around the dark. I grew up in a house that if you got up in the middle of the night, you better have a light with you, because my mama sometimes get up in the middle of the night and move furniture around. Amen. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Yeah, I got up one morning. Uh, you know, and was going to go into the living room, didn't turn the light on, and I'll tell you what, tripped over the coffee table. I was just a kid. I thought, what? That wasn't there when I went to bed. Mom said, well, I couldn't sleep, so I got up and moved furniture. I thought, good grief. Well, why don't you tell somebody? Amen. I killed myself. So I learned at an early age, hey, I don't like darkness. Amen. You say, well, what are you? Are you a scaredy cat? No. I just like to see things. Hey, if something's going to get me, I want to see what it is. All right? <laughs> And uh, there's been plenty of times I thought the devil was going to get me, and I, uh, you know, and I thought, well, I, I'd really like to have a big light. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd blind his eyes long enough for me to get away. But anyway, light is a wonderful thing. I want you to look in Isaiah chapter 9 this morning. And of course, you understand that uh, the nation of Israel is uh, living in a, in a time when uh, there's not a lot of spiritual light. Isaiah's preached his heart out and uh, God keeps promising that, uh, that you know, hey, uh, the deliverer is coming. 
And, uh, you know, Israel said, sure, we, we don't need a deliverer. We're, we're Abraham's kids. You know, we, we've got it all under control. Reminds me of another place I know. As a matter of fact, it's called America. All right. But I got news for you. What America needs is a good old fashioned revival of light. Light, that light that lights the world, amen? But look, if you will, in verse 1, it says, Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as it was in her vexation. When at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun, the land of Nephtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, in the Galilee of nations." And uh, the, that little phrase there, in the Galilee of nations, uh, it kind of bothered me. And the best I can, uh, I can understand it in my little finite mind is that when Assyria invaded uh, the nation of Israel, the land of Zebulun and Nephtali around that uh, Sea of Galilee was perhaps tortured, uh, demised uh, more than the rest of Israel. And so through that came the, the, this little phrase in Galilee of the nations. That's where the, uh, the nations really poured out its wrath upon, upon the nation of Israel when Assyria uh, took uh, the nation of Israel. But it says, the people that walk in darkness have seen a great light. And they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Thou hast multiplied the nations and not increased the joy. They joy before thee according to the joy in harvest. And as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder and the rod of his oppressor as in the day of Midian. That's talking about basically uh, in uh, Gideon's day uh, when Gideon delivered the nation of Israel. But look what it says here in verse number six, if you will. It says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and up upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forevermore. Then zeal of, and uh, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I want you to look, if you will, what it says in verse 6. It says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Let's pray. Our Father, we love you this morning and we do need you. We need you to, Lord, speak to me that I might be able to speak to these dear people. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to realize that this matter of darkness is real. The dimness that we see in the church of Jesus Christ today is a reality of waywardness, of lack of love and concern for others and for the Lord Jesus. And I pray this morning that the Holy Spirit of God would just speak to our hearts, change us for your glory. May we really be able to understand the blessings and the joy of the Christmas time because it's all about Jesus. 
we commit this time to you. I ask that you speak to each one as need be. And we'll love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Isaiah, as we look at our text here, we see that uh, Isaiah lives in a, a, a dark day. It's a dim day. It's a gloomy day. It's a day that, uh, you know, people are uh, walking in darkness. And you understand it's, it's not so much physical darkness as it is spiritual darkness. We live in a world today that is filled with spiritual darkness. And if you had to pick a way to overcome darkness, maybe that gloominess as it mentions there in in verse 1, the the nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as it was in her vexation. The idea of that uh, gloom carries with it what was talked about in Isaiah chapter 8 and uh, verse 14 through verse 22. But look at verse 22, what it says. And they shall look upon the earth and behold trouble and darkness, dimness of anguish, and they shall be driven to darkness. Now, what is he talking about here? He's talking about the invasion of the Syrian army for the nation of Israel. For those 10 northern tribes have turned their back upon God and and have uh, literally spiritually uh, done anything and everything they can do to aggravate God and to bring the wrath of God upon them. And we see that, that when you look at the earth, you see the trouble and the darkness and Yet the invasion of the Syrians are coming. And boy, I'll tell you what, the, the people in the land of uh, Zebulun and, and the land of Nephthali, uh, they're, they're really without hope. They really don't have any future about them whatsoever. And if you had to announce something that, that is, that's going to happen, and you're going to say, you know, I'm going to take care of this. How would you do it? How would you bring about good news in a bad day? Everybody needs good news. Everybody needs a little light of hope in their life. How would you bring that hope to When God gets ready to do something, he says, here's here's what's going to happen. I'm going to give you a baby. And now you say, Brother Rader, I don't want no baby. I'm too old. I've I've raised my kids. I do not want any more. I understand that. But you understand that when you you talk about a a baby, and and Arnold King has got a baby, uh, a new grandson, and the grandson's a whole lot cuter than his granddaddy, by the way. I just had to say that for for sake of argument, you know. But, uh, and he's just, you know what what he does? He eats and he sleeps. He eats a little bit, sleeps a whole lot. Am I? Not like your granddaddy. Am I? And, uh, you know, and, and, but yet you think, what, when you look at a baby and you, and you hold a baby for the first time, what goes through you? I'll tell you what, it'll bring a smile to your face. Walk. Now, some of you young people have no idea what I'm talking about, but you will one day. But you see, I, babies bring hope. Babies bring life. Children bring life to things. I mean, you, you, you look around here, the children that are here, and boy, some of the, you know, some of the kids here, uh, they wear me out just watching them. 
I mean, but they, they have a lot of energy. They bring life. They, they, it really makes you, as you get older, realize, you know what? There is hope for us after all. Hope. What do we need today? We need hope. When the world seems to be going crazy and everybody seems to be going uh, uh, and losing their mind over things that are, uh, seem impossible to, to really believe, we see the world scene and we see the national uh, scene and we see the uh, families that are falling apart. Uh, if you had to really say, Brother Raider, give me some word of encouragement. Here's my word of encouragement. This is the one thing I know. Jesus loves me. I know this. Why? Because the Bible tells me so. When God got ready to remove the darkness, and you understand it will take about 700 years for God to bring all this uh, to pass. But yet we see here that uh, in this passage, we see the promise of the coming of the Messiah. We see the promise of the coming of the, of the Lord Jesus. When you, you, you just go back to chapter 8 for just a moment of Isaiah. And look in verse 14. It says, And he shall be for a sanctuary, for a stone of stumbling, for a rock of offense to, the, to both the house of Israel, for a gin and for a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many among them shall stumble and fall and be broken and be a snare and be taken. You say, Brother Ritter, what in the world is that talking about? Basically, that is talking about the Messiah coming and the first coming of the Messiah. And we know what happened at the first coming of the Messiah. The nation of Israel did one thing. They rejected it. They had all the scripture that they needed to know. He is on his way. He is here. The angels had announced it to the shepherds. Now, can you imagine of all the people God chose to tell that the Messiah was here? Who did he choose? He chose lowly shepherds, poor shepherds, people that were outcast from, uh, from society. And you'd have thought, well, certainly he'll go announce it into, you know, the, the, the king's palace and all that. No, he sent it to those that had a willing and hearing ear. You see, this matter of the promise of the coming of Christ, he comes and what does his own do? They reject him. But then we see the promise in chapter 9, verses, uh, chapter 9, verse 1 and 2, we see the promise of Christ's earthly ministry. That when he comes, he's going, to, he's going to preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is ready for you to, to partake of and, and all that. And we see that in the gospel of Matthew in chapter 4, and I'll read this to you better than trying, me trying to quote it this morning. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 15 it says, or verse 14 says, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Nephthalim made uh, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan and uh, uh, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the regions and shadows of death, light is sprung up. For from that time began Jesus to say, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom's at hand. 
You see, you and I need to realize this morning that, that not only was Christ coming and, and, his, and the announcement was made, but the purpose of him coming was also revealed. What did the angel tell Mary and tell Joseph? Hey, he will save his people from their sin. Oh, the, the thing about, about the Lord Jesus coming this morning is this, is that he came to do what no one else could do. The animal sacrifices could not take away the sins that you and I have. They could only cover them up. They could only atone for them in the sense that they would cover them up. But every year they had to offer another sacrifice and a continual sacrifice. But when Jesus comes, what's he going to do? He's going to set the captive free. He's going to set those that are in bondage free. He's not going to do it by some outward means. He's going to do it from the heart out. In other words, he's going to transform those that are going to believe in him. Oh, what a wonderful truth we have this morning. His ministry was that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And may I remind you this morning that everyone without Jesus Christ is lost and headed for a Christless hell. But not only do we see the promise of Christ's earthly ministry, but we see in verses 3 through 5, and I'm not going to take time to read them again, but the promise of the uh, kingdom where Christ will rule. Oh, I, I love this. This is future. This will be fulfilled in, uh, in Revelation when Jesus comes back uh, there in chapter 20, and he comes back and uh, riding on his white horses, and all of us that are part of the church age will, will come back with him. Boy, I love that. You see, he's going to come back, and when he comes back, there's going to be a lot of hemming and hawing going on. I can tell you that. And it ain't going to be the horses. Can you, ima can you imagine, Mr. Putin? standing there before the Lord Jesus, and he said, well, listen, I was just trying to do your work. And Jesus is going to look at him and say, you fool, you, you ain't one trying to do my work, you greedy thing, you evil man. Joe Biden's going to stand before him. Huh? Uh, you know what? Adolf Hitler will stand before him. Mao Zedong will stand before him. And every, every lost person there at, at that time will stand before him. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to remove all their excuses. He's going to remove all of, their, uh, all of the things that they're going to try to justify their evil actions with. And he's going to do what? He's going to rule and reign on this earth for a thousand years. Ooh, that's future. That's a pretty good future for us, by the way. Yet we see that the promise of Christ's first coming and of his kingdom will be that he will rule. But before he can rule, as Luke tells us in, in Luke chapter 2, uh, Dr. Luke, who was a medical doctor, by the way, and uh, he was one of the better medical doctors. Amen. And verse number 7 says, And she brought forth the firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the end. Verse 11 says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And uh, he said, This will be the sign that you see. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling. You see, when Jesus came, my dear friends, he came to give life. He came to bring light. 
And so you and I this morning, what, what must we really think about when we think about this, the birth of this baby? You say, Brother Rader, do you think he ever cried? Oh, I'm sure he did. He was a man. When he gets hungry, he cried. Don't you? I mean, I, I do. When I get hungry, I cry. You know? You see what I'm saying this morning? He was man, but yet he was God. 100% man, 100% God. And this one that came, I want, to give you, I want you to notice some things about the, the promises of this coming. Now you understand Isaiah is some 700 years before Jesus would ever fulfill this. Before Mary and Joseph and, and all that would transpire. But yet I want you to notice some things about this in verses 6 and 7. I want you to notice some things about this a promise of the coming of the Messiah, the coming of the Lord Jesus. Notice what he says in verse 6. He says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. I want you to notice, notice what he says here, unto us a child is given. You know what? This one that's going to come, it's going to be a personal promise. He promises you and me, I'm not going to leave you in your sin. I'm not going to leave you without hope. I'm not going to leave you without the expectations that, that, that life has. He comes and it says that here, he says, Isaiah said, for unto us a child is born. That's speaking about the humanity of Christ. Jesus wasn't 50% man, 60% man, and the rest God. No, he was 100% man, 100% God. And my dear friends, you check it out in the New Testament. When Jesus came, what did he do? It says that he got weary, he got hungry. My dear friends, he, uh, you know, he even got it aggravated with his disciples. And, uh, you know, he even, uh, even said some unkind words to people. He rebuked his disciples. He told Simon Peter, said, get thee behind me, Satan. You don't savor the things of God, but the, you, you like the things of men. You see, the promise that he's giving here is personal for everyone. It was personal for the nation of Israel. It was personal for, for every Jew, and it's personal for us. Why? Because Jesus comes to do one thing, to seek and to save that which is lost. And because you're lost and I was lost, I want you to know one thing. We need somebody that can take our sin and pay for it in full. That's the only way you're going to get, that's the only way you're going to ever step from here into the glories of heaven is not by your good looks, not by your good works, not by your own righteousness, because the Bible says, and Jesus said, accept your righteousness, exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. And they were the religious crowd of the day. They were the, they were the fundamentalists of the bunch. They believed in the supernatural and the Sadducees believed in, in just being good and doing good. They didn't believe in the supernatural. And Jesus said, except your righteousness exceed theirs, you're never going to enter the kingdom of heaven. That's right. Amen. So, you see, this must be a personal promise. Because, you see, you and I personally are sinners. We're undone before God. 
we're blinded by our own flesh and our own desires and our own needs. And, and I mean, you know, people say, well, Brother Raider, I'm doing the best I can to get to heaven. Well, I'm going to tell you, you're never going to make it because it's not going to be good enough to get there. You say, well, then what, do, what in the world do I need? How can I be saved? Because, you know, uh, with God, uh, there's nothing impossible with God. But how can I be saved? I'll tell you what you need. You need one thing. You need grace. You don't deserve it. My wife shows me grace every day. She doesn't deal with me after my sins. She doesn't deal with me after my dumbness or my stupidity. I mean, you know, I, hey, I broke a cup in, in the kitchen this morning. A coffee cup. Can you believe it? I broke a coffee cup? I did. Set it on the shelf and it come right back down with me. You know? And even cut my finger. Made me so mad. You know? I broke a good coffee cup. But you know what? She, you know what she said? Clean it up. That's grace. That's grace. She didn't say, well, just leave it there so somebody else can get hurt, you know. But my granddaughter did come over and help me, you know. But, but what you need is grace. What you need is mercy. You don't need the letter of the law. You don't need, my dear friends, to turn over a new leaf. You're never going to turn over enough leaves to ever get to heaven, my dear. But the only thing you can do is for by grace are you saved through faith. The promise is personal. It's because salvation is personal and everybody that I know needs to be saved. But then there's something else, not only the promise personal, but my dear friends, I want you to notice these promises are certain or these, these promises are perfect. Look what it says there in verse six. He says, for unto us a child is born. Those are those that need the Savior, those that have been our uh, children that is born. But unto us a son is given, S-O-N, not sons, son. Now, you see, these promises, uh, it goes on to describe the one that he's talking about here. Notice what it says. It says, for a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. His name, his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. The idea of that word Everlasting Fathers means Father of Eternity. And then he says, he shall what? Verse 6, the Prince of Peace. You see, through his name, and through his ability to pay your sin debt and, my, and to pay my sin debt, he's the only one that can give you lasting peace. Today they're wanting peace in Israel. Right? I mean, I, mean, I know Israel would like to have peace. And the Palestinians want peace. But nobody wants to come to have peace the right way. Right? If there's going to be peace, there's got to be forgiveness. If there's going to be peace, there's got to be, my dear friends, uh, some, someone that'll say, hey, this is what we're going to do. And I want you to know something, my dear friends. The promises of God are perfect in the fact that he gives us a description of the one that is here that is going to, is the one that's going to bring peace. Peace with God comes through Jesus Christ. The peace of God, 
according to Paul in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 and 7, comes through Jesus Christ and prayer and believing that what he says he will do, he can do. Oh, you see, this matter of the promises, they're certain. And, and may I say to you today that you and I need to realize that, you know what, when God makes a promise, he always keeps it, whether it's for your good or for your bad. I was reading this morning about, about Eli, and, and God told Eli that a high priest of Israel back in 1 Samuel when Eli, he rebukes his son, and then the next chapter it says that God said, Eli, because you knew what your boys were doing and you didn't deal with it, he said, I'm going to deal with it. And I'm going to take them off the scene. And you'll, you will not have one of your children that ever become an old man. You think of that. Hmm? You see... God gives us a promise. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Now, if I understand my Bible right, when God makes a promise, he always keeps his word. Now the question is, is God right or am I right? Is God right or am I wrong? I'll tell you what, God's right and you're wrong. Because you see, the only way you're going to ever, ever really enjoy the blessings of Christmas is know Christ as your personal Savior. But I want to remind you something in closing this morning. These promises that God has given here and other places in Scripture are costly. They're what we would call pricey today. I mean, you know, can you imagine, uh, you know, going to the store and you, you, you get sticker shock when you go to the store, don't you? Well, I didn't pay, but I paid $2 less for that last week than I did this week. And you, you're standing there and you're trying to justify, you know, can I, do I really need this? Can I really buy this? Do You know, if I buy this, then I'm going to have to sacrifice something else and so forth. You see, the promises of God are pricey and costly. As a matter of fact, let me show you how much they cost. For God loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I want you to know something, my dear friend. God, the promise that God would send his son to save the world from their sin, it cost you and me nothing, but it cost him his son. It cost him his fellowship with his son. It cost him, my dear friends, the son's presence in heaven. It cost him, my dear friends, everything that was precious to him. And his son was the most precious thing that the father had. And yet, we often forget that God says, I'm going to bring some light into the world. I'm going to illuminate the darkness. I'm going to defeat the evil. And here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to place a baby in Bethlehem. And he's going to live some 33 years. 
the last three years of his life, he's going to preach the kingdom of God's at hand. And in those three years, he's going to prove to you and to the world, according to the scripture, that he is what he says he is, and you're going to have to make the choice. Do I believe it or do I reject it? Oh, this great, great promises that the Father gives us. If you come God's way, if you come through Jesus Christ, you come by the way of the cross, the Bible says you have the gift of eternal life. But if you reject God's offer and you try to maybe make it your own way, you're going to fall far short. You're going to fall short. So today, this costly promise was fulfilled through the Lord Jesus. Now my question is, what are you going to do with Jesus? Do you believe he is the Christ? Do you believe he's the way to heaven? Do you believe he's the only way that you can have your sins forgiven? Today, as Paul says, is the day of decision. Today is the day of salvation. My plea to you, if you do not know the Savior, come. Let us take the Bible and show you how you can settle it. But as a child of God today, what are you doing with Jesus? What are you doing with Jesus? Is He Lord of your life? Or is He just Savior? Father, bless our time together. Thank you for the word of God this morning. I pray your blessings upon what has been said. I pray that today the Holy Spirit of God will be able to draw sinners to Christ. I pray that your children that already have the gift of eternal life will surrender my will to your will and allow you to use us to reach a lost world with the gospel of Christ. That we might let our light shine, that others might see Christ in us. And Lord, we'll love you, we'll thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing number 489 this morning as a, a stanza of invitation, song of invitation. Brother, Rain, Brother Lane's going to be down front. He'd be glad to help you in any way he possibly can. Uh, if you need us to pray with you, we'll be glad to do that. If you need, maybe this morning you need to come to Christ, you need salvation, today's the day. Come, please, my dear friends, we sing. Please. 
Today is to humbly bow at his feet. Won't you let him have his way today, dear friend? Don't wrestle with it. Just step out and say yes to Jesus today. you to think about something this morning as we we get ready for Christmas and Christmas is a great time of year you know you say brother Ritter, I, I've got people that are that burden my heart I've got lost loved ones no matter what I say to them I cannot I cannot reach them with the gospel I'll give you some words of advice if the Holy Spirit of God can't do it and they use you badgering and keeping on. Pray for them. Hey, they can't stop you from praying. They can't stop you from loving them. They can't stop you from, you know, just simply being kind to them. Just keep loving them. Keep praying for them. And you know what? God one day will turn the light on for them. I've seen it a hundred times. He'll do it. So today, as you think about Christmas, hey, let's, let's use this Christmas to help somebody just draw near to the Lord. Maybe they, maybe they need to be saved. Maybe they're not ready to be saved. Maybe they don't even care about being saved. But just keep loving them and bringing them to Jesus and keep praying for them. And God will do his part. And you know, that'll be worth it all. Father, we love you this morning. We just ask that you take what's been said, apply it to every heart as need be. And Lord, may you give us the grace that's needed for the day. You be in the service tonight, the cantata with the choir. May you, Lord, just help their voices to uh, bring honor and glory to you. May the message of the, uh, of the cantata, Lord, go forth. And Lord, uh, simply bring people to the Savior. And we'll love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. Amen.